I just wanted just to talk, um, start a bit of a new series on building. As you may know that those of you who are on this journey with us as Faith Church, we're in a season of, of transition and um, that sometimes that's painful, sometimes it, well, it's always painful. But I think sometimes in transitions, we need to focus on God's plan because God has a plan. God always has a plan. God sees things before they even happen. So it's not a shock to him when it's a shock to us when change comes. Make sense? And I think uh, I've learned, I'm learning in my 10 years of ministry, I'm learning, is um, sometimes we can react to transitions uh, or sometimes we need to take them as teaching learning opportunities. And I think this is a learning opportunity for us as a church in everything that's going on. But I think that God's saying, hey, God, I've got something significant for you to build. Uh, you've seen the vision. You've, he you've heard the promise. Now you need to make sure you have the skills and the, mind and the things in your heart to build well. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, it will by the end. So Psalm 127 said, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. You know, we're all building two things. If you're a Christian and you're here this morning, you are building two things. You're building your stuff and God's stuff. Right? That we, we tend to separate that. That's probably more to do with our Western culture. So I'm going to burp. My nose is running. I'm going to burp. This is going to be a snotty one. Um, yeah. We're building two things in our lives. We're building, if we're Christians, we're building God's stuff and we're building our stuff. But so often we say that we're building church, but we're building church how we want to build church and we call it God's stuff. I call that religion. Because we can all build a great church and we can have. I don't know, we could have a nice millionaire that walks through the door and he rolls a nice big fat check and we have great, you know, everything I want and more. And it looks really, really cool. People come down from Tony Rabbit and they go, wow, what's that building? And there's a church. But God says, that's not my church. That's you thinking you're building my church and you're calling it you're building my stuff, but you didn't seek my heart on what you were building. So you are doing religion. You know, and I think it's really, really important for us as a church on a journey that we continually check ourselves, what are we building? Me and Andy were talking from the gym. I, I, I feel it's a call from God to put a spa pool um, next to the gym and a steam room and a sauna. And I just think God's all over that plan. Don't we, Andy? <laughs> I'm praying that God confirms that, but at the moment he's gone very quiet. <laughs> But that's me saying I'm building God's church, but not I'm building my stuff. I have a choice in my life to, uh, I, I know it's, uh, I build my stuff and I build God's stuff, but God wants to build every bit of my stuff. I have a choice where I invite him into, and so often we invite him into some kind of the church stuff, but we don't invite him into the life stuff. You know, I, I love coaching rugby. I coached rugby yesterday. My son, my, uh, my youngest son is now playing, and... Don't tell his older brother, but he's pretty good. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's 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 year year below everybody, and he's probably going to make the A team in the next two weeks. And I'm so proud of him. Uh, I'm so proud of him. And uh, I said to him, get in there and smashing people, and he did. That's my boy. And he got stuck. But but I have a choice. That's my stuff. That's that's the thing I like. I like rugby. I like having a pint with the boys in the rising sun afterwards, uh, and we have it. But God says I want to come into your stuff. 
Don't separate your church stuff and don't separate your life stuff. Let me build all the stuff in your life. And it's funny, when I've started to be vulnerable and start to pray about training sessions, pray about training sessions, which I would never ever, you don't, you don't go on a WRU coaching course and they say, please pray about your sessions. They play, say a lot of swearing. But, um, but I find that when I start to bring God into some of the mundane things in my, my life, I start to see success. The B team hasn't lost twice in two games. That's even better than last year's record. You know, we're looking like we're going to have a good team. And I'm like, God, just come and be in this rugby thing. It's even quite funny now. The guys on the sideline, when it's going wrong, they say, Mike, have you played? I'm like, no pressure. Uh, we, had a, we had a game last season, and, like, Mike, and they announced, Mike is going to pray that it doesn't rain. I might have contacts. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, but I, as I bring God not just into my, God, my church life, I bring him into the whole of my life. There's a blessing that overflows from that. He says, if, if you don't, God builds a house, otherwise the laborers uh, um, build in vain. You know, to build in vain is, is to do something that, that's worthless, to do something that looks good but has no substance. You know, I don't want to build things in my life that don't have substance. I don't want bling. I want, if it takes me a little bit longer and a little bit more pain and a little bit more, I'd rather do that to see God come through in a situation. I'd rather have God pin me in a corner and tell me everything I'm doing wrong so that I can build everything. That I, no, I, I want to dare to go there. I want to dare to say, God, examine my life and examine what I'm doing. Examine my motives because I want to build something pure because I know when I do it, something happens. And let me tell you, if you're a business person in this room, this applies to your business. If you're a family, this applies to your family. If you're married or you're single, bring God into everything you're building. Otherwise, you're building in vain. You know, prayer focuses my life on God's plan. I, I, I can be very busy. I thought I wasn't. I was busy this week. And, you know, I, I look back on the week and I thought, I've just done a week. And I haven't spent a designated bit of time in my week just to pray. Like, I'm not a routine people person. I know you're all shocked by that. Routine isn't my life. I, I don't cope with routine. But I'm choosing to try and be routined. Is that the word? Routined. Is that a word? Huh? To have routine. Thank you, Bill. Bill proofreads all my, all my documents for me. <laughs> they come back looking really cool. Um, uh, oh, come in, Jacob. Yeah, Jacob. Did you win? Did you beat, did you beat Risker? You did. We beat, we beat Risker, boys. Cool. He's damp. Sitting on a plastic bag, wasn't it? Uh, but I, I have to, you know, if you want to build something in your life and, and you're saying, God, come into it, but you're not praying about it, it's like building a house and not looking at the plan. It's like building the house and not talking to the foreman. I, I, I painted for a guy in the church. I, I, I foolishly volunteered to help him with some painting. And um, we painted eight flats, magnolia and white, four, th three stories. By, by, day, by week two, I think I was going snow blind. And I was like, can I do a different color? And, and, and um, the guy said, go and speak to the foreman. I said to the foreman, can I do a different color? He said, no, magnolia and white. I said, magnolia and white is horrible. He said, yeah, but the people coming in, they'll put their own emphasis on top of the magnolia and white. It made sense. And it's a bit like that with, with, with what you're building in your life. If you don't pray about it, sometimes the mundane and the boringness of it doesn't make sense. But when you pray about it, you're like, okay, 
Okay, good. I understand why this is a bit of a slog at the moment. It's because I'm building something or you're not seeing the big plan. So we've got to pray. We've got to fast. We've got to fast. Got my support there. We've got like we've got to fasting. Fasting is about saying that I'm going to make my I'm going to make a sacrifice that costs me something physically to prove to not prove to show my my flesh that God is in control. So I fast. I don't fast regularly, as you can tell. Um, but I do fast in moments of crisis, in moments of transition, in moments of confusion. The first thing I do is pray and fast. Because I want to make sure my mind and my body and my soul is lined up with the will of God. Otherwise, I'm building in vain. Quite often in moments of fasting and praying is when God resets the direction of where I'm going or challenges me about things in my personality and I change them. Stop, reflect, and ask. I think so often we can be searching for time in times of change and when we're building stuff for the answer, but we've got to spend time to stop and reflect on the situation. Because so often the answer is in the situation. So often the answer to the problem is right in front of us, but we're rushing for the solution. If you've got a financial problem going on in your life right now, start tithing. Stop and reflect on your bank account. If, if, if you've got issues going on in your marriage, you can pray and pray for God to come and but stop and reflect and say, God, where, I, where do I... Do you know what I mean? We can always be praying for God to do something and God says, just stop and reflect. Just stop and take a moment. Let me tell you, my three weeks in France were a moment of just stop and reflect. Am I, am I called to be a pastor? I've asked that question. I stop, I reflect. I seek others in my world. I say, what do you think? Speak honestly into my life. Is my season? And they're like, no, no, carry on. But I stop and reflect. Otherwise, we can just run on and run on and run on. God, do this. God, do that. And God's saying, for goodness sake, just stop. Stop, pray, and reflect. And I will reveal the answers to you for this season. Shoelace is undone, now. I hope this is good. I was um, awake at 3 o'clock in the morning quite a lot last week. But... Um, I was awake at like three and um, just just wrestling with stuff, you know how it is. And um, this this thing came up on my Instagram. It says it's doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. I was like, ouch! What's that all about? And then I I had a, I was chatting with Pat Sparrow from America. He says hi by the way, and just processing that and. God often will take us through seasons of extreme pain because he wants to reveal something in us and something to us. I, 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 yeah. Let me tell you, when it hurts, when it doesn't make sense, when, when people are saying stuff, you're not sure whether, do you know what I mean? It hurts. It's painful. But let me tell you, that's the moment you have a choice to get close to God or run. When, when you don't even believe in yourself, that's when you get on your hands and knees at 3 o'clock in the morning in your kitchen. You say, God, where are you in all this thing? Because right now it doesn't make sense and God says, I'm right next to you. Right next to you. Anyway, I went, I'll start crying. We, like, uh, we weren't meant like, I don't think God wants us to go through pain, but I think God allow not, I don't know, I don't have a theology for it. Pain happens. I don't understand why, but it happens. 
But what I do understand is when I go through pain with God, I come out on the other side transformed, a better builder, a better husband, a better pastor, a better leader, because the pain has revealed stuff in me and stuff about God's grace and his mercy for me. He <clears throat> says, this is, uh, we got the quote. Have we got the quote? Stick it up there. I won't read it all. It says, he goes on to say, he says, for he brings us through these tests of preparation for greater use in the kingdom. You must pass the test first. I, 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 I think as faith church, as we go on this journey, we're going to have moments of absolute joy, favor. It's going to be running under my and we're going to have moments of absolute pain. I have, a, I have a, an acquaintance who's running a church and from day one, it's annoying. He's gone from naught to 200. He's got millionaires in his church. He's bankrolling everything he wants to bankroll, and he's quite happy to tell everybody about it. He's lucky I'm a pastor. Because there would have been a bit of loan on the hands, if you know what I mean. And I was chatting with another good friend of mine who runs a church in Newport, um, and, and he said to me, I actually feel a bit sorry for him. I said, I didn't feel sorry for him. I want to strangle him. He said, no, no. No, I didn't. He said, because when I look at you, Mike, and when you look at me, we carry the scars of life, which makes us relevant to the world that we're in. You, I, I, if, we, if we don't carry the scars of the pains of life, when we meet the world, they look at us and go, it's all right for you. But when they look at us, you know like the old tomcat on the farm? Half an ear missing, a bit of a nose, half a tail. And this tomcat walks into the yard and everybody goes, he's the man. Because he's been through the scrap. He carries a, an authority and awareness about him because of the fight. You know, pain brings that in our lives, that we can walk through life and we carry a pain or authority because of what, what we've been through. <clears throat> Faith and trust are the building blocks of life. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please him. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who, who seek him. You know, God operates outside of the physical world. He doesn't operate in, he does operate in bricks, but he, he, he's just like every, like, I know, God. You know, and if I'm to connect with God, I have to make sure that I make myself live in the space that he lives in, which is faith, which is, uh, which is trust, which is believing in the supernatural. Because they are the building box of, of Christian faith and of life. To, to believe that I can ring up a, a, a roofing company and say, I want your roofing project. And, and if you ask me why I did that, that wasn't a good idea. That was a prophetic idea. Prophetic, not prophetic. That was a moment where I looked at a can of paint on our shelf and thought, God says, ring that company. Because that company is going to give you the paint you need. So I did that. Do you think that's operating outside of structure and wisdom, you know? That's believing that God is going to come through in the finances of this church. It's believing that God is going to provide all that we need, that we don't need to go and find a different building because this is the right building. But by faith, God will provide what we need. That God will provide what my family needs, you know? We we chose to, to go on holiday for three, three weeks, four weeks. I'm so glad I did. Um, but that was a financial sacrifice to do that. I remember before I went saying, God, I can't afford it. He's like, just go for it. Enjoy yourselves. We weren't reckless. We came back with, with no money. But the way that God has honored my step of faith 
Ed and Mandy turned up with enough food for two weeks, put it in our fridge. People have blessed us with money. We've just made the budget work. And I'm just like, because I live my life in a realm of faith and trust, I can expect the miracles to happen through divine revelation as well. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and the rulers of darkness of the world, against the spiritual witnessness in, heart, in, in high places. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We don't fight against any person. We, we, don't fight. we fight against a principle of darkness that's trying to take us out. I know it's sounding a little bit weird and spiritual, but it's the truth. You know, and we've got to make sure in our hearts that we don't fight against the physical things in our world and we fight against the spiritual things in our world. That we don't make it about people, we make it about what the devil's trying to do to remove us. Religion makes it about people, but faith makes it about grace. Faith is about, well, I've got grace for you because you're doing something that's operating outside of this world. Do you know what I mean? You know, like we can bang our heads against problems when we're building stuff in our marriages and in our church, and we can bang against them in physical things. And um, we can say, I don't understand everything that's going on. It doesn't make sense. Let me tell you, the one thing you can do is start praying against the spirit of darkness that's coming against it. That's why we're getting together on Wednesday to come together as a community to say, we're going to pray against whatever this thing is that's trying to wind us up. Because we've won. I'm a Christian, I'm on the winning side. I know the scoreline. We win. So we will do what God has called us to do to build this church in Rogerstown because we're going to pray in the physical, in the spiritual, because it's going to transform the physical. Amen. <coughs> Where's my drink on? If you're a Christian here, you need to ask God to start putting a burden in your heart for what he's called you to do. Uh, you know, the one reason that I can stand up here and go through all that we go through as a family is because God put a burden in my heart. Ten years ago, he said, build my church. I was like, I'm not qualified. I'm not, like, I'm not skilled enough. I don't have any of the stuff. I, I'm me. I'm like, did you, you pick the wrong person? God says, build my church. So it doesn't really, like, I, I preached once in America, and I said, it doesn't matter if I'm a desert island full of penguins. I'll preach to penguins. Now, there are penguins that live on desert islands. I just want to clarify that fact. <laughs> you know, if you're called to do it, you're called to do it. If you're called to set up a business, if you're called to do this, if you're called to be a teacher, if you're called to be, I don't know, to sweep the streets, if you're called to do it, God will sustain you to do it. Because he called you, if he called you to be a mechanic or an astronaut, he's called you, so do it. The thing is, is we want to build stuff in our lives that we're not got called to do. I'd love to run a surf school. Be my, I'd, like Morocco, Bali. Fiji, California, well, you know, all great. My mom and dad actually said to me, if you want to move to America, you can. I'm like, that's, that's God speaking right there. But I'm not called. I'm not called to be a surf coach. I wish I was. 
So I could go and make a good shot at it. I'd probably be quite good. I've worked in the outdoor pursuits industry. I'm good with people. Uh, you know, I mean, I haven't got the hair for it anymore, but I could, you know, put on. I mean, I could have a good shot at it. I could have a good shot at it. But if it's not a burden from God, it's just a good shot. Don't build stuff that God's not in. It's not worth it. You're building in vain. Sometimes you go get rid of a dream to get a God dream. But, Andy, what you're doing with the gym is a God dream. You know, later, I, like, there's been some seasons been tough for Andy in business. I walked past his gym the other day. It was rammed. I was like, how'd you get everybody in? He's like, I don't know. It's because he's called to do it. He's very good at what he does. It's a blessing on it. There's anointing on it. I bet he'd like to do some other things, but God's called him to run a gym. Amen? Cast your, Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your burdens on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Take the risk and trust God. Try, take the risk with the fact you don't understand. Take the risk, the fact that it doesn't make sense. Take the risk with it doesn't all add up and trust God. Maybe you're struggling because you want to be in control. Let me tell you, where you put your control is a reflection of where your heart is. Where you, where you, where you, where you allow control in your life is where your heart is. And I'd rather have my control come from heaven, not from anywhere else. And, and sometimes control, letting go of control, is about saying, I just don't understand. I don't understand why this has happened or that happens or why this didn't get fulfilled or why this didn't happen. But God, I trust that you're still in control. That I'm not moving because you are in control. And then God can reveal stuff in your heart. He can start to process things in you. He can start to examine things in your heart and, and start, you know, and, and it might that you have to come back to that situation, but you come back to it a different heart. You may be struggling because you're carrying the wrong baggage. You may be struggling because God's saying, just give it to me. You don't need to know all the details, but just give it to me. <clears throat> Where are we? <coughs> I think for us to see God moving wells, we need to be a demonstration of people that trust God un unconditionally. But when it comes to building church, building our lives, building our businesses, building our families, building whatever, people can say God's in control. God is the one that's leading this process. God is the one that gets us through the challenges. God is the one that will sustain us. There's a, there's a, I, I have this saying that um, I, I say to God is, I'm going to bed, you're in control. Because I would spend, I, I, I do spend, I'm still not very good at it. I'm useless at it. I'm like, <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to say, God, I'm not... I'm not trying to hold, I, I don't want to hold on to this too much. I, I, want, to, I want you to lead. I want you to lead. I want, I want you to, I want to go up the mountain and get your plan. I want to go up the mountain and get your revelation. I want to go, and then I want to, I want to be a person that carries this burden lightly because it's not my burden, it's yours. Because you gave me the vision, you gave me the dream, and asked me to work it out, but it's your vision, your dream. 
it's your church I'm building because when I hold on to it tight, I start to build my church, not God's church. I was going to say, could someone come up and play? But um, have a go. <laughs> Excellent. <coughs> get the right plan. How do you get the right plan through prayer and fasting? God has a plan for you and your family. He has a plan that's shaped around the way that you're wired as a person. The worst thing you do as a Christian is try and live your Christian faith out how oh, I live my Christian. You know what I mean? Like, I'm me and you're you. You might be a very, very detailed person. I'm not a detailed, but that's why we're in the same place, because we've got different graces. God, how is it going to work for me? Am I a five o'clock prayer in the morning, or am I a day the person that prays all day long? doesn't really matter as long as you're praying. God's not interested in your style or in your language. He's interested in your heart of prayer. Maybe you need to fast. Maybe this is a season when you're in, in your life where you want to see God move. Maybe you need to fast. And maybe this is in... in, in maybe in this season, you need to start... If you, like, if you need a financial breakthrough, and I'm not talking about money, but maybe this... I am talking about money. Maybe God wants to build your finances, but he hasn't yet got your heart on your finances. Maybe God wants to build your marriage, but yet he's not in the middle of your marriage. I'm proud to say I've never been more in love with my wife as I am right now. Never been so proud to be with a woman that stands next to me right now. The praise for me at four o'clock in the morning when I'm losing the plot because I don't know what I'm doing. She's there, she's praying for me. And she found me in the kitchen on Wednesday morning and just stood there staring out the window thinking, what am I doing? She was there. But that hasn't come. Sorry, she's crying, I'm crying. That hasn't come because we just said, God, we, we've been praying. I, we've been saying, God, we want you in everything that we do. We want you at the center of this marriage of this relationship, because we uh, we trust that you're the ones that are going to get us through this. Uh, and uh, I'm so mad, like, guys in the room, start praying for your wife, because it's, it's worthwhile in all aspects. Uh, that's been really inappropriate, haven't I? <laughs> I'm in love again. Through prayer. Anyway, where do I go off on that one for? Maybe if God, you want God to come into your marriage, maybe you just need to start praying. Maybe if you want God to come into your pain, maybe you need to just trust him, embrace him. Maybe if you want God to make sense of your situation, maybe you just need to spend more time with him. Maybe the biggest issue you face is that God says, you can't be in control, I'm in control. And I know you have justified arguments and complaints on why this thing isn't getting building how it should be built. But God says, I'm doing this because I want you to give me control. I want you to get to know the foreman, the, the architect of humanity. I want a church that people walk into it and say, I don't know how that lot stay together. And we can say, because God's in control. Amen. Let's pray. Keep playing.
Yeah, Lord, I thank you for every business that's in this room. I thank you for every marriage that's in this room. I thank you for every relationship, every, every family, every whatever, every situation right now. Lord, I thank you that you see it all. You see it all. And Lord, I just pray right now by the sovereign grace of your Holy Spirit that you administer into people's lives. Lord, I thank you for the testimonies between now and Christmas of financial turnarounds, of businesses stepping forward, of, of families and marriages finding love again. Lord, I just pray, we just acknowledge right now that we want you to be in control. We don't want to build in vain. We don't want to stay awake at night watching over our, our fortresses in vain. We want to do it because you are in control. Because you are the one that's motivating us to be who we are. You are the one that is our source. And this morning we just acknowledge that you are the source of our lives. You are the person that, that gives us the bounce in our step. That you are the creator of the universe. That you are the king of kings. That you are the lord of lords. And Lord, we just give you permission right now just to minister into this space, into our lives. To bring transformation. To bring faith again to people that have lost it to bring hope and destiny in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.